0: Well, I'll tell you what. Let's hope they can get rid of, or at least tarnish, the uh, history of uh, Secretary Mayorkas. I mean, the guy's done a terrible job, and I think it's deliberate. I think it's absolutely deliberate. So, you know, Republicans have got to—they got to recognize what's happening in Washington. I know that a lot of us, and I—I I, I used to be one of these people. I was like, you know what? If I can behave well. If I can behave with dignity, if I can use the right language and be kind and calm and collected and cool and um, li- listen very carefully to other people, try to understand their point of view, if, if I can do that, then I will be one of the people helping to bring America back, bring Virginia back to um, the normal the normalcy that I would like for us to live in. And for years, that's how I've felt. Uh, I felt. I can, you know, I have strong opinions. Everybody who's met me, me along before the radio, they know I got strong opinions, but if I can just behave like a Virginia gentleman, I will help return Virginia to the standards that I think we should have. At what point do you realize you have failed? That your best intentions have failed and that the, People on the other side of the aisle don't want that. That's not what they want. They are laughing at you. They're laughing at me because they're using your decorum. They're using your dignity. They're using your politeness against you in order to achieve what they want to achieve. That stinks. I hate it. I don't like that. I wish it was different. But I have to tell you, I think that's what's happening. That's what's happening in D.C., and you've got this group of Republicans who are having an intellectual discussion and they're, oh, well, you know, if we go, if we impeach Mayorkas, then that's going to cause all kinds of problems in the future. And, you know, then they might impeach one of our secretaries. And then it's just a nonstop. Hey, you know what? That's what's going to happen. Have you ever been in a bar? I've not been in a lot of bar fights. Thank goodness. Even in Texas, where people are kind of <laughs> more inclined to. Pop off and have a have a physical conflict. They've just kind of been raised that way, Um, but there are moments where you realize, okay, this conversation has escalated to the point where I have I can either bail here and avoid the whole conflict, um, or if I hang around for another two minutes, it's going to turn into a fight. You have to decide what you're going to do. And if you are actually sent to Washington to stand up for what you believe in, then you don't bail. This is not a bar fight. This is a fight for the survival of the country. And so I I understand the intellectual argument, the cocktail party argument about why oh is this really uh this is going to be this is going to really poison the well. The well is poisoned, guys. <laughs> the well is poisoned. They hate you. They're going to try to drive you from power and then when they're in power, they're going to run right over you. So recognize that that's the situation. You are not going to change the current situation. Maybe in another few years, if we have an economic collapse and everybody's selling chiclets on the side of the road, maybe that will force everyone to wake up to the reality. But at the moment, the only thing that you got is being tough and being strong and standing up for what you believe in and punishing the people who are clearly breaking the law. And Majorcas deserves that. It's not going to do you any good to act like a nice guy to somebody who's clearly flaunting the law and just doing what they want to do. So, I mean, I don't understand why that seems to be a problem within the Republican caucus. It doesn't look to me like it's a problem within the Democratic caucus. They're, they're pretty uh, unified. We're going for it. We are going to crush you. If, if you give us a chance, we're going to crush you. So I'm sorry that that's the situation. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Same thing goes, I hate to say this, same thing goes for the elections. You know, there are a lot of Republicans who are like, oh, can't we navigate that? Can't we negotiate the situation with the elections? Look what happened in 2020. You know, I have I have one uh, co-worker here at the station who insists that everything was fair in 2020. No problem. John, you and the crazy conservatives are out of control. And I say, how do you know that? We don't know. I mean, I can't prove um some of the allegations of impropriety and cheating. But every time someone tries to raise the question in a responsible way, they get shot down and they get called names and they get bullied and, and driven out of polite society. See, when people do that to you, you should take the clue that maybe they've got something to hide. Right. I, th- I think that's a problem. And we're about to go into to the ele- we're in the election cycle here in twenty twenty four. So are you confident that when you cast your vote November of this year that it's going to be counted accurately and then not going to be maybe a thousand other people who don't have the right to vote in your district or in your state who might throw that? Remember that story in Northern Virginia that we did a couple of weeks ago where they found what? What was it? 4,000 votes that were wrongly attributed to Donald Trump in Northern Virginia that should have gone to Biden? I love that story because that just exposes what a joke the situation is. And no one has the guts to deal with it. So you can't fix it if you don't know what happened. Mary Rook is a commentator and uh, does a lot of analysis for The Daily Caller. And they have a new movie out called Rigged. And Mary's with us this morning. I appreciate you coming on, Mary. Walk through with me what what rigged covers and and what what you think the takeaways are here and good morning
1: Good morning, thank you so much for having me yeah, yeah we um, we created this documentary rigged Death of the American Voter in order to kind of lay out the lesser talked about points of the 2020 election. Now there's always sensational things that are brought up in the media because they want you to feel like you can't talk about this topic. Like it's so taboo, just like you said, in polite society, we shouldn't be questioning these types of things. But as we know, our country actually has a history of election integrity issues. We went through this in the hanging Chad, we, you know, we've had these type of um, issues kind of going on. And I think, The most important thing that you've already brought up is how can we trust this system, especially in an election like 2020, where we saw hundreds of thousands of ballots just sitting in a room not being properly protected? There weren't bipartisan poll watchers allowed to be in there. You didn't have people protecting those ballots. So it's easy for Americans to say, but wait, how can that be Something safe, how can I guarantee that my vote is secure if it's just sitting in a locked room that anyone can go into except for the people that I know are going to protect it? So Rick kind of goes through not just the ballot issue, but also the legal aspect behind it and what a bunch of states did to improperly change their election laws in order to favor the Democratic side of the ticket. And that's really the issue here at play is Mm -hmm. how were they you know elevated above other voters what are
0: the what are the top changes that you all recognize from 2020 right going back this was the covid period um every, every not everybody but the majority of the people were either scared or forced to pretend like they were scared and there was this move to make it so that no one had to go vote in in person, if you if you wanted, if you were too scared and you didn't want to vote in person, they would come up with solutions. What laws or rules were changed, and which ones were changed illegally from state to state? Have you, have you all identified that list?
1: Yes, and that if we actually break it down perfectly in rigged. It, it's really um, great the way they did it. One of the biggest issues that we found. Was obviously a thing called Zuckerbucks. Mark Zuckerberg and two other mega donors donated about 450 million dollars, and they what they said was, "This is going to help um, election the um, election infrastructure, essentially putting out drop boxes and allowing people to understand where they can go and drop their um, absentee ballot or their mail-in ballot." And But what really ended up happening is the majority of that $450 million went into only Democratic areas. Hmm. So they increased ballot drop boxes that were not being watched. They were not made sure that they were secure or safe or that if you put your ballot in there, it stayed in that box or someone wasn't just dropping off ballots that didn't need to be in there. All of those things happened. In Pennsylvania, they unilaterally changed their election laws to be able to um, open up ballot drop boxes, increase the days of voting, all of these things that sound good on its face, but when you don 't have the infrastructure to protect the vote, it creates it creates irregularities, which is something that we talk about a lot it 's easy to doubt when there are tons of irregularities, and when you can't talk about it and the media is telling you, "No, no, no, you sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, you sound like someone that's not allowed to talk about this, then you shut down all everything that is not inside the echo chamber yeah. and that's what we really saw georgia was one of them they increased their ballot drop box places now georgia has done a lot um outside of the 2020 election to try and secure some of their election irregularity issues but that was a really big issue i mean when you have an election that is decided between six states where five of them only had a difference of ten thousand votes, mm. and Georgia only had a difference of eleven thousand votes, you start to wonder, okay well, that's not that hard of a um you know of a hill to climb in order to be able to get those votes and so People sit back and go, okay, well, also in those states, we saw hanky things happen, like in Detroit, for example, when you had poll watchers being kept out of the room and they were putting up the pizza boxes on the windows and making sure people couldn't see in. These kinds of things have just never happened before in the history of our country. And then we had something like the mainstream media telling us know this was the safest and most secure election ever you know there were no election integrity issues you know you had people from state agencies and federal agencies coming out on national television and telling you that your lying eyes were deceiving you and that the things that everyone was pointing out they were just you know Wild conspiracy theories that no one should really be paying attention to, but in reality, those were some of the most important things that people should hold on to. It's not normal for a democracy to run the way it did in 2020, and we, whenever you feel like your vote is safer in Iran than it is in America, that's an issue. And oh well, when I'm having to show
0: like, when I'm having to show my driver's license to get cold and flu medicine at the. Uh, Drugstore, <laughs> and to buy a bottle of liquor at the ABC store, but I'm not required to show my driver's license uh, when I'm casting a vote. I think that tells the whole story. We're just not oh. serious about security.
1: Oh, absolutely, for sure, and 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 you know, all of the there are the Daily Caller has sent out. I don't know if you're familiar with the term man on the street. But essentially they send a man out just to walk the streets of New York or Chicago or Philadelphia or Washington DC just to ask random people questions. And one of the um, videos that we have on our Instagram is a man asking a bunch of people from Brooklyn, New York, whether or not they find that it's racist. For you to have to show an ID to vote because that's a really, you know, popular Democratic trope is that you're racist if you're asking someone to prove that they're an American citizen or that they have a government issue ID in order to be able to vote. No, this is just the basic Election integrity that we should be asking for. And everybody's like, no, I know where my DMV is. I know exactly how to get an ID. White or black
0: or Latino. Everybody kind of manages to function in the real world except on election day.
1: Yeah, and everybody looks at the uh, the video guy going, are you insane? Right. <laughs> Why are you even
0: asking it's, me this question? It's racist to ask the question because it's right. absurd. Yeah. It's, well, Mary, exactly. I'm looking at it. It's rigged.dailycaller.com, and you can watch this movie. And look, I think this is an important conversation to have. And if we do live in a free society, in a free America, then these questions should be allowed to be asked, and we should be able to dissect the answers over and over and over again now if we don't want to live in a free society anymore which is where we're headed then tell everybody not to watch this movie but i think it's important to watch it mary rook uh from the daily caller thank you i appreciate it
1: thank you very much
0: Seven forty-eight. back with more in a moment on news radio wrva tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone